Hi, I'm Taylor. And I'm Julia. And this, this is, is Shooting False Realities. We talk conspiracy theories, spooky stories, and dive into hauntings on Olivet College's campus. Everything is not as it seems. Welcome to your false reality. Welcome back, our little reality stars. Um, last week, <laughs> Julia came up with a new name for you guys, and she's really excited about it. I, I literally came up with it walking into this recording session. It's not like something I've been sitting on, dreaming about, like super excited for it. Don't don't think I'm that excited. It, it just happened, and I, it's going to stick now. It just came to me, and I kind of liked it. So here we are. But last week, we talked about what, Taylor? Disney. Disney. We talked about Disney. But this week, we're back with celebrities. And there has been a specific celebrity, as a matter of fact, that I've been going crazy about since our last recording. You've just been so excited for this episode. You have been dying to do this since we recorded last yeah. week. No, 1000%. Even while recording, I started getting very passionate about this one person. Yes, Taylor, who was raising her hand so politely and respectfully. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about Avril Lavigne. Yeah, we are. I'm so excited for this. So a little background of why I think I'm so passionate about this is Avril Lavigne was definitely one of my favorite artists for years as a kid. When I was in elementary school, I was singing Skater Boy on the playground with my friend, like singing it, making a whole music video out of it on the swing set. You a know, classic. Exactly. And I went to Disney World when I was a kid with my cousin and my grandparents. Same thing. You would have thought we were homeless because we were singing on the streets trying to get money from people. We didn't get any, but we were trying. Um, and it's just something, you know, I've just, I've always loved her. My sister kind of introduced me to her. I watched every music video. I like, I watched them religiously. I wanted to be her. I went to school with pink in my hair. I got like this pink hairspray that from my hair just to look like her, just like random strips. Like it's, it was a thing. It was a thing. And then a couple years ago, I came across a thread on Twitter about how Avril Lavigne died in 2003 and she was replaced by a body double. That broke my heart. So naturally, I looked into it and I was like, BS, no way, no shot, no how. But now I believe it. So can you go into like how she died? So there was a Brazilian blog called Avril Esta Morta, which translates to Avril is dead. The blog suggests that Avril Lavigne sadly took her own life in 2003, having struggled with the pressures of fame and the death of a family member. So basically just saying she was really depressed, took her own life, like a lot of artists tend to do sometimes when, you know, things catch up to them, they're overwhelmed, they're stressed. The music industry does that. And then following the years, there, like that theory became very popularized and more and more people were joining in on it with like pictures of like what she looked like and very very early 2000s like 2001 2002 versus now and yeah of course people age you know it's been 20 years but there's like very weird distinct things that like couldn't just be like plastic surgery or age like so the body double actually has her own name people named her melissa vandella it was suggested i'm reading this off of a blog by the way called generation95.com they said that it was suggested that Melissa, quote-unquote, was first hired by Avril Lavigne as a look-alike in attempt to distract the paparazzi from her. Supposedly, the duo looked very similar. And so after Avril Lavigne's death, again, quote-unquote, they proposed that this Melissa girl was taught to sing and perform as Avril Lavigne and kind of act like her. Have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? No, I have not seen that movie. 
So Rami Malek plays Freddie Mercury in the movie, the lead singer of Queen. And I actually watched kind of a behind the scenes thing for the movie because I was I fell in love with the movie. And so naturally I like did a little deep dive and they actually had a lot of training. So he would sing, sound like him, do his movements, even when he would sing certain muscles and his throat would even move the same way. Like they went down to the wire of like every little thing to match the original Freddie Mercury. And so that's kind of what they did with this quote unquote Melissa that they trained her to be exactly like Avril so people wouldn't notice. Can I ask a question? Mm -hmm. When you listen to, like, the music, like, before and after, can you hear, like, any vocal differences? Or do they, like, edit it so much that it just, like, sounds like her? So it actually does say that there was a little bit of a voice change. um, And I think people were claiming, like, oh, it's just because with age, voice changes and whatever. You know, she was younger when she was doing Skater Boy and um, all, you know, all those other songs that she, that were really popular on then. And then her music died down a little bit. And so I think over time, people were kind of like, oh, well, of course, like she sounds different than she used to. Like that's normal. But not only does her voice sound a little bit different, but the style of her songs are very different. Like if I'm being honest, it's nothing to what I would listen to now. Obviously, we can't play it, but it's it's kind of, I don't want to say weird, because I know some people are into it, and I don't want to, like, offend anyone, but it might have been something I would have listened to when I was, like, three and really into Hello Kitty, if that, if you kind of get where I'm coming from. So, what you're saying, it's just odd, like, how different it changed, yeah. like... It's not after she quote unquote died and this replacement coming. That's what you're saying. It's not yeah. weird. Like the genre is weird. It's just weird how it changed so drastically. Drastically. Right. Cause she was so pop punk before and you know, like Miss Miss cool girl, very tomboy, you know, wearing ties and all that kind of stuff. And then it's just very pink and cutesy and hello kitty. And that was just, that's way, way, way off brand. And obviously people can change. People do change, but like, it was like it's just like weird. Like she like sings like she's robotic now too. Like it's not very like just it's not natural. It's definitely weird, and that raised a lot of red flags for people. And some people were thinking like this is ridiculous. Why why would they replace her? Why not just like announce her passing? You know, do it respectfully, whatever. And it's because the company, like the record company that had Avril, they I guess th- again this is all theory. They wanted to like keep their income for years you know obviously you can get a lot of income when people die think about it like juice world x like their music became huge after they passed like rest in peace legends right but their music became so much bigger after they passed so naturally that could have happened but not forever i mean it'd be big for a while and then eventually it would die back down again and i guess they just didn't want to risk that with avril lavigne because avril lavigne was like their biggest source of income so they wanted to try and keep her going and then i guess so this is the quote-unquote evidence so first there was an apparent change in 2003 like you look at pictures and randomly 2003 it's like it's not just plastic surgery like these are like subtle but weird and noticeable differences there's a birthmark that just disappeared her nose has shortened um her chin has changed like width and shape and pointiness and everything her jawline has like thinned out a lot as well her eyes are a different distance now, too. Oh, and then people also pointed out her handwriting as well. I guess there was a tweet 
um, going into 2017 where she's like kind of writing a song lyric and tweeted it. And then they compared it to her old handwriting from a couple years prior and it was completely different. It was suddenly not neat, a lot neater and just more um, legible. And it's just, again, handwriting, I feel like, just doesn't change so much in, I mean, yeah, like 10 years, but still. Yeah. And then people started addressing it. And at one point, Avril Lavigne responded. Like, she went on like talk shows, she was tweeting. She's saying, No, I'm not dead. I'm here. People are just bored and need something to talk about. And then she even said later, some people think that I'm not the real me, which is so weird. Why would they even think that? And then people have been talking about it on um, like Kyle and Jackie O. Um, They're verified on Twitter. They do like a little talk show. They talked about the conspiracy theories that she's a clone. So obviously it's became a big thing, but she dismissed it as a dumb internet rumor and that she was flabbergasted and that some people actually believe this theory. So that's pretty much that. That's what a clone would say. Exactly. That's actually what the article said. They said that's how a Melissa would respond. Interesting. But today, mm-hmm. I want to talk about OJ and Jason Simpson. OJ Simpson. Do you know what I want to talk about? Let me hear it, Taylor. I think, respectfully, and I don't mean that like as like a joke, like... Obviously, we feel for these um, families, Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman, rest in peace. But there are people, including me, that think Jason Simpson killed Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman. I'm going to tell you why. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. So there are a lot of things that um, go into this. So we're first going to talk about Jason and his past and like his physical characteristics. Um He's has he has a criminal past. Um, there are many police reports that he was arrested four times prior to the murders. He's had a DUI, driving with a suspended license, and notable assault with a deadly weapon. Obviously, you know, if you've had these arrests, doesn't make you a murderer, but it does add on to the case that he is capable of doing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's also one incident where he violently attacked one girlfriend with a knife, almost killing her. And he assaulted another in the years leading up to his stepmother death by stabbing. And at the time of the murder, or not at like at the time, but like around that time, mm-hmm. he was on probation for attacking his boss with a kitchen knife. Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman were like beaten and they were like stabbed with a knife. So like they the murder stabbed. weapon was a knife. Right, so it's not like they were just shot, but like the fact that it's repetitive with his previous assault, I guess charges, and you know that that's correct. A little suspicious. Yeah. So he Jason is also diagnosed with a rage disorder, specifically intermittent rage disorder, which is commonly referred to as Jekyll and Hyde syndrome. This would make him prone to Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll. Excuse me, I haven't heard that before. Jekyll and Hyde. It's a st- old story where it was a like a mad scientist. He was a Dr. Jekyll. Um, at night, he would turn into this monster, Hyde, basically. And so it was like Jekyll and Hyde. When people relate to that, it's like a two-sided person, like normal, fine, and then the dark side, basically, of yourself. So the Jekyll and Hyde would be like, when he gets really angry, that's like him turning into Hyde. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd never heard that before, but that... Like what she said, makes him prone to angry and violent outbursts. Mm -hmm. 
He was known to black out and had been committed to a hospital on several occasions after hearing voices in his head. And he was prescribed some medication to cope with anger and seizures. Now, there was a man who wrote a book. Um, The book is called OJ is Innocent and I Can Prove It. Um, He is a Dallas private investigator. His name is William Deere, and he wrote it back in 2012. So you can guys guys can go uh, read that if you want. There's also a documentary that I have briefly seen when it came out. I think it was in 2017. It's called uh, O.J. Simpson, The Untold Story, and they go into all of this as well. But what, um, what Deer wrote in his book was that Jason stopped taking his medication in the months leading up to the murders. So mm-hmm. what he's saying is he was probably prone to back to his angry and violent right. outburst because he stopped mm-hmm. taking his medication kind of like a relapse in his emotions where it's all really coming out and his anger's really starting to thrive at that point because obviously if you stop taking your medication for one day it's not like it's not like you're gonna immediately flip back to the way you were before taking medication it slowly kind of gradually leaves your systems which would make him feel more and more angry like you know as time goes on so eventually he could have just snapped by all that like really building up you know what I mean so in the book and in the documentary they imply his motive was um that the night of the murders Nicole was supposed to dine at the restaurant where Jason worked but she changed her mind last minute and probably didn't notify Jason and Mm -hmm. Nicole wasn't his mom that was his stepmom Mm -hmm. so he didn't already like her it's um, implied that, like, his, like, unfit rage just, like, came out. Right. The medication, the fact that she just, like, bailed on him, just all that, like, the recipe for disaster. Correct. Yeah. The private investigator, he also obtained Jason's diary. And um, basically all the diary entries, um, he talked about wanting to hurt anyone who wronged his loved ones. So that could mean... Um, Nicole, she was hanging out with this guy, Ron Goldman, probably pissed him off because his dad, you know, they were married. So he was like, you know what? Kill her. I'm over it. Just probably made him real mad. And there's also physical evidence that links Jason to the murder scene. So have you ever watched the trial or have you seen um, The People vs. O.J. Simpson on Netflix? Mm -mm, I have not. Okay. So... At the crime scene, there is a black, a black knit navy watch cap, basically just a knit black beanie, that was found at the scene that did not match any fibers found on OJ. The hat was also coated with dog hairs. OJ did not own a dog, but you know who did? Jason. Jason. Wow, I'm starting to believe this, Taylor. You've you've got me convinced. The LAPD also found 15 unknown fingerprints at Nicole's Brentwood home where the murder took place, none of which match OJ's uh, prints, but the police also failed to compare them to Jason's prints. Mm. So they were only worried about OJ. They only had him as this one murder suspect. They were so... They were so convinced that he... They were convinced that was it was him. Mm-hmm. They never even... Thought to look at Jason. Exactly. There was also blood and skin found under Nicole's fingernails that did not match OG's DNA. OG. OG. Yeah. OJ's DNA. Ron Goldman is a third degree back or was a third degree black belt. He was found with bruised hands, suggesting he had fought back against his attacker. 
OJ stripped for the LAPD a day before the murder or the day after the murders and showed no signs of bruising. Jason's DNA was never requested by police, nor was he interviewed by the LAPD. They like turned a blind eye like towards Jason. They never asked him for anything, never interviewed him. I know it's even worse. Hmm. A knife was found in Jason's storage locker. So in this private investigator's book, Deer purchased the contents of a storage locker owned by Jason at the time of the murders, which contained a knife that matched the description of the murder weapon. The Swiss and stiletto knives owned by OJ were ruled out as the murder weapons, but a forensic scientist hired by Deer to examine Jason's knife concluded that the butt or the end of the knife matches the injury Nicole suffered at the top of her head. Following that, Jason had previously attended the Army and Navy Academy and a former classmate told Deer that he had been trained in hand-to-hand combat combat, as well as uh, field knife training. OJ, on the other hand, was known to hate the sight of blood. It's, it's a lot to take in. Like, it's literally all these things are pointing that Jason did it and that OJ had nothing to do with it. Jason also had no alibi. The LAPD determined that the murders took place between 9.45 p.m. and 10.05 p.m. After 9.50 p.m., Jason was alone and has no alibi that can be supported by anyone else. At the restaurant where he worked, Jason's time card for the night of June 12th was handwritten, even though the electric time clock was working, meaning his alibi could be false. Right, it could be forged. He could have written in a fake time. Jason was also known to have a love re- love and hate relationship with the mother of his youngest siblings, Nicole, mm-hmm. and was possibly infuriated that she didn't come to see him at work. So the last piece of evidence that I will leave you with is that OJ hired a defense team for Jason. Now, I did not know this. Um, I found this out when I was researching, mm-hmm. and I'm reading all of this from an article called Your Tango. And... The article says, in the days after the murders and four days before his own arrest, O.J. hired top criminal attorney Carl Jones to represent his oldest son. However, Jason had never even been interviewed by police, nor was he being investigated for the murders. So, yeah, I, I believe this one. I, I do, too. I, you've convinced me. Yeah. So I'm excited for this one. I'm excited. I can't wait to hear what you have for me for this. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Is still alive. Let's hear it. I'm excited. I know both of my theories are kind of flip-flopped. Like, my first one was Avril Lavigne, how she's actually dead, and they are trying to keep, like, say she's alive, and now Michael Jackson is alive, but they're trying to say that he's dead. Obviously, people heard June 25th, 2009, Michael might have faked his own death. Right now, we know that there was a drug overdose, and there was a cardiac issue. He was 50 years old, so he died. But what if he just faked his own death? He faked the end for himself. And there could have been many reasons why, you know, he's at, towards the end of his career. He just wanted to live in the shadows, not be in the spotlight anymore. It could be, I don't want to get into this for comfort reasons, but, you know, there was stuff with children and Michael Jackson. If you want to know more about that, you should just look it up. I don't want to talk about that. But there, it could have been something with that where he just wanted to get out of that, kind of. You know, he wanted to get his name out, like, out of people's mouths in that regard not really sure why but it was still a shock came out of nowhere he left the face of the earth right like he passed on so michael was put into an ambulance his body was wrapped up in a white blanket 
this is where it gets weird. There's a video of when the ambulance shows up, the back door opens, and out walks not just a paramedic, but what looks like Michael Jackson and just gets up, walks out, like after they think they're in the clear and no one can see them. The theory also continues after his death certificate was released because Michael's passport clearly supplied, like, his middle name is Joe after his dad, Michael Joe Jackson. But his death certificate has a full spelling of Joseph, which is not his middle name. It's not because it's not an official death certificate. They think it's forged, it's fake, it's not real, which is why there's this error. Because if it was real, if it was legal, you know, they would have his real, full legal name. It's not Joseph, it's just Joe. People started like kind of attacking Michael Jackson's sister, Latoya. And so people started questioning her and they're like, what? And she confirmed even that his name is Michael Joe Jackson. But since the post has been removed. Can I ask another question? Mm hmm. How old was he when he, quote unquote, faked his death? 50. He was 50? Mm hmm So how old would he be now? Let's see. This was in 2009, so he would be in his 60s, early 60s. Okay. Why would he come back? Why would he come out and say, hey, I'm not dead when he wanted or if he wanted to like get away from all this? Because maybe he'll want to come back to it. Maybe he'll want to be like, you know what? I'm ready to have my old life back. Don't know. Hmm. That's that's up to him if he decides to come back. <laughs> have you ever heard about The Simpsons and how their episodes predict everything? Like everything. Yes. So in 1991, there was an episode of Michael Jackson faking his death. But there's video footage on Instagram that his nep- uh, um, at his nephew's wedding and... There's people convinced that there's someone who is Michael Jackson in disguise. Um, He's standing in the background, like a little bit of a bulkier man, wearing sunglasses, spotted meters away from Prince and Paris, which are his children. And fans swear that the man bears an uncanny resemblance to a character Michael Jackson played in a short film in in 1996 called Ghosts. Well, and I saw... I can't remember where I saw this, but there was an article that someone had said that Michael Jackson loved to be in disguise. Like he loved to, he liked to dress up mm-hmm. and not be recognizable by others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I believe that, mm-hmm. that he just dresses up and people will be like, Hey, he kind of looks like Michael Jackson, but not mm-hmm. realize that it's Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to briefly go over one other celebrity that some of us, most of us, probably know the name. Um, track kids are going to go nuts over this. Oh, I don't even know yet. No, you don't know. So, track kids, we always go to the library every night for study hall. We always do homework in there. I don't remember how this came up, but some, most of my group does not believe that Helen Keller was actually blind or deaf. Oh my God, Taylor. I wish you would have told me you were doing this. I believe the same thing. There is no freaking way that she was, that she flew a plane, that she wrote a book, being deaf and blind. Mm -hmm. There's one thing. I thought this was just kind of weird. She learned how to lip read by placing her fingers on the lips and throat of the speaker while the words were being simultaneously spelled out for her. 
So she's like choking you out like while you're... Oh, God. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny. But I looked this up because all of my friends are like, how did she fly a plane? So I looked it up. Also on Britannica.com, they said that she just sat there and flew the plane calmly and steadily. So she just had to sit there. I'm sure someone else did everything else for her, but I guarantee you she would have had to just sit there, put her hands that, like up on the, I don't know, is it like a steering wheel? I, I guess so. I mean, yeah, uh, whatever. The I don't know. I've never flown plane. a plane before. <laughs> Same. So I'm assuming she just sat there and they'd like let her sit there for a couple minutes and they're like, okay, you're done. Well, you're done. They also <laughs> said as pilot, Keller felt the delicate movement of the airplane better than ever before. I don't know what plane she was flying, but when I went to North Carolina over the summer, nothing about that plane ride was delicate. Nothing about that. You got to go through turbulence, all that. Right, right. You got to communicate with other pilots that are up in the air, right. especially since she can't see. You got like that little radar. Like, it says that she flew that plane for about 20 minutes. I also read something else that like she was walking by a gardener. And she said hi to the gardener. It was like, so like she's walking by like I on this path that. and they're like over to the side and she walks by and she goes, hello. If she can't see her here. How would she know? It's not like she could feel him. Right. Right. Weird. Just something to think about. I didn't want to go on that too far. Are you excited? I'm excited for next week. I don't think you know what next week is yet. I don't remember. What was it? Next week, we're talking about the moon landing. Oh, yeah. We're getting into the moon landing. Moon we're going to be talking about that for the whole episode. I'm so excited. We're, we're diving in deep for this. It'll be a good one. Be a good episode for sure. It is going to be a very good one. This is an episode I was ex- excited for. Moon landing. Oh, I'm all over the moon landing. With it. <laughs> I'm all over the moon landing. And then for those people who've been wanting, you know, um, um, a more quality, longer piece of content for conspiracy theories, not a bunch of quick little ones like we did with, like, like with Disney and stuff. This will definitely be for you guys. Like, just you'll we'll get you invested. Oh yeah, we're definitely gonna mm-hmm. go out like all all out. out. Yeah, half hour of moon landing. Mm-hmm. Or not so moon landing. Ooh. Ooh. So Taylor, did you sign up for the Illuminati? I forgot to do that, and I forgot to watch the show. I've been watching the show. So, anyway, we're just going to move on from that. Um, I'll take a screenshot, and I'll post it as soon as I do it. Okay. You're okay. just going to have to text me to remind me, because I keep forgetting. I did remind you. Anyway, okay, we don't need to argue for our little reality stars. Not on the podcast. Not on the podcast. Not for our reality stars. Just kidding. We don't argue. All love. So, come back next week. Moon landing. Be very exciting. A very good episode. Taylor welcome to your false reality.